to kids' first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Tiana Sullivan from Delaware. Today we'll be talking with Carly about finding you and listen to our interview with Rose Reed, Jedediah Goodacre, and Brian Ball from Finding You. Talk to Ishan about RKRK and listen to his interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Shuart from RKRK. Then we'll talk with Dominic about The Dark Hobby and listen to his interview with Robert Wintner from The Dark Hobby. First we'll be talking with Carly about Finding You. So let's talk a little bit about this movie, Finding You. Can you talk about the plot of this? Yes, so the film centers around Finley Sinclair, played by Rose Reed, and she fails her music audition in New York and decides to study in Ireland and to stay with a family her brother hadn't known. And on her way there, she meets a movie star, Beckett Rush, played by Jediah Goodacre, and she is working on her violin, and he is working on his movie, and they end up becoming friends and they help each other follow their dreams. Wow, that sounds like a really great plot. Yes, it's very interesting. Yeah. So you got a chance to speak with Rose Reed, Jedediah Goodacre, and Brian Ball from the film. What was it like, and what did they talk about? Well, it was such a neat experience, and I got to learn about their times on set, and I actually learned that Finley Sinclair... Um, played by um, Rose Reed, she actually had to learn the violin for her part, so she did that wow. for the film. Yeah, it was very impressive. That sounds cool. So now that's like a new hobby that she's able to have. Yeah. So is there anything in this film that you kind of felt spell- a special connection to? Yes, the music part. I've always been a fan of music and, like, instruments and how Finley Sinclair was so determined to be good at her violin and even though she failed she didn't stop playing the violin it didn't let her stop like her dreams from becoming a reality so a fun question for you if you had a chance to be in the movie yourself what role do you think you would want to play and why that's a good question Definitely Finley, because <laughs> I just loved her character. Her personality was amazing, and how she was so determined, and she never let go of her dreams, even though there were some roadblocks that didn't stop her. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty great character to play. So, what message did you get from this film? Uh, The message that I got from this film was forgiveness um, and follow your dreams. You don't need to live to please other people. And Finley failed her audition, but she's still determined to become successful. And Beckett also deals with famous and being famous. And he doesn't know if that's what he wants to do. But they come to terms with what they have and they still try to follow their hearts. Yeah, that sounds like a very heartwarming but also inspiring message. Yes, it was. <laughs> so for my last question, what age recommendation and star rating would you give this film, and where can people find it? I would give this five out of five stars, and it's in theaters right now. It came out May 14th, and I would recommend this film to ages 12 to 12 to 18, and definitely adults. It's something that everyone can enjoy. It's a feel-good movie that I think people really need right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Well, that definitely sounds like a great film. I have to check it out myself. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we will be talking with Carly about Finding You, listening to our interview with Rose Reed, Jedediah Goodacre, and Brian Ball from Finding You, talk to Ishan about RKRK, and listen to his interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Shuart from RKRK. 
talk with Dominic about the dark hobby and listen to his interview with Robert Winter from the dark hobby. Right now, we're switching over to listen to Carl's interview with Rose Reed, Jedediah Goodacre, and Brian Ball from Finding You. Hi, I'm Carly with Kids First. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Brian Ball, director of the film Finding You, plus Rose Reed and Jedediah Goodacre, actors in the film. Finding You is based on the novel There You'll Find Me by Jenny B. Jones. Brian Ball is known for directing The World We Make and I'm Not Ashamed, plus others. Rose Reed plays musician Finley Sinclair in Finding You and is known for her performances in A Welcome Home Christmas and The World We Make and many more. Jedediah Goodacre plays actor Beckett Rush and is known for his performances in Descendants, Legacies, and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, plus others. Welcome Mr. Baugh, Ms. Reed, and Mr. Goodacre. Let's talk about your new film, Finding You. So can you tell us a little about your character, Beckett, and ways he's similar and different from you? Hey, Carly. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Um, Beckett, Rush, as I play in the film, is uh, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences um, between, between the two of us. Um, similar things, I think we are definitely have the same sense of humor. Um, we're kind of sarcastic guys and we hide behind our, our, our jokes and uh, maybe a little bit of our charm. I don't know if I have as much as Beckett, but um, yeah. So I felt very similar to him in that way. And, and like, you know, uh, when I was younger around his age, I was, you know, definitely wrestling with, ah, oh, what do I want to do with my life and stuff? And am I making the right decision to do what I'm doing now? And uh, mm -hmm. I ended up changing course, kind of like, whatever, I don't want to give anything away. Um, so, uh, so I ended up changing course in my own life. So there's a lot of similarities. Um, but I've definitely never dealt with, like, the level of fame that he has to deal with and stuff like that. Like, getting stopped at the airport and, like, like nobody knows who I am. Um, <laughs> I, could, I could walk around with my name printed on my shirt and everyone would be like, oh, what? They'd have trouble reading it. Um, but uh, so that was something I had to, but I've, I've worked with a lot of people that um, like in the Descendants franchise, a lot of those yeah. uh, young actors were, were huge um, stars. So they had to deal with a lot of that. So I kind of just, you know, drew off of what, you know, I saw them deal with it. So, yeah. Yes. After watching, Beckett is probably one of my favorite characters now. And I do remember you from Descendants. Thank you so much for saying that, Carly. Yeah, I was really excited to meet you. Yeah, this would have been so, so, so much nicer to, uh, to have met you in person, but this will do. Yeah. So what was it like working on the scenes with, with special effects? Oh, the special effects were um, like awesome. So cool. Um, the movie within the movie where I playing Steel Markov and I, I fight dragons and I, you know, it was the knight shining armor. It was so cool. Like the explosions were, were real. They're like, they weren't real rocks. They were like, you know, big giant pieces of foam, but they were flying across the thing. And like, I had to dodge them really. And, and like the fire that flies by my face is real fire and it's really hot. And oh, wow. uh, so it was really fun. I had so much fun doing that because, um, yeah, I enjoy that stuff. So, yeah, it was really cool. And they did a great job doing it. So. Yeah, it must have been so much fun to film and then to see it all put together at the end. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually – I don't think I've seen the final cut. I've oh. seen pieces of it and stuff, but uh, I think I'll be just like, you know, you guys in the theater. When, uh, on May 14th. Yeah. Well, thanks for speaking with me today. Absolutely, Carly. Thank you so much for talking to me. Have a great rest of your day. Hi, I'm Carly with Kids First. So can you tell us about your audition for this role and what drew you to it? Yeah. So I uh, had already kind of worked with a couple of the 
or one of the producers and I'd already worked with the director who uh, directed this film, Brian Ball. So when I heard about the project and I knew that they were attached and everything, I knew I wanted to be a part of it because I actually read this book when I was a kid. So, um, or when I was a teenager, I loved it. It was amazing. Fell in love with Beckett. Um, the process was so easy and so much fun. And I loved being able to kind of meet Jedediah before we started filming, which was so nice. And we kind of got to like work on our chemistry beforehand. And um, yeah, I'm so honored to have been a part of a project that I literally read about when I was a kid. Yes, that seems so cool to read about it. And then one day become the character. You played an excellent character. And I loved how she was so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think, um, I think you know, I most loved Finley and uh, Mrs. Sweeney's relationship. I loved how they uh, had this, this great friendship there that a lot of people don't really get to experience and how they really helped each other. Yeah, exactly. So, Mr. Baum, what was it about the novel, There You'll Find Me, that made you want to bring it to life? Oh, thanks. Thanks. You have to call me Brian, too, especially for the kids. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, oh, man, I, 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 liked the, I liked all the characters in the novel, and I liked this idea, obviously, of what it would be like if, if a young woman uh, fell, fell for a movie star. So I think that is really a fun and interesting uh, scenario. And also getting to shoot in Ireland was also a big draw. Yes, now I want to go visit there. It was so nicely done. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, you think, you think kids will like it? Your audience? Definitely. Definitely. Great, great. So music plays an important part in this story. Can you tell us about how the music choices will affect the viewer's experience for this film? Yeah, I, I hope it'll just make them smile and make them want to tap their feet and dance around because um, that's what it did to us. But yeah, we a big part of the reason for wanting to do this was getting to explore the music. We know about the classical that Finley's in and the Irish um, influence stuff, but that, that was real fun to be able to work with those musicians and the composers to pull that off. I loved all the music. I liked how it was so upbeat and it just made you feel like so happy. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. That's what we were trying to do. We know it's been a tough year for people. So you can go to this movie and, and, uh, and smile and, and have some fun. Yeah. Um, what's a fun memory you can share from your time with the cast and the crew? Oh, man. We, uh, the cast and crew, there was this one uh, pub owner that, in, the, in that small town that literally handed the keys to the, the actors and the crew and they, and they would let them stay there all night. <laughs> and so everyone just had a great time hanging out after the shoot and, and uh, celebrating the hard work at that pub. And there, there was a little tradition. It was all jumping in the water in the morning. So every once in a while, and it was not warm. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that like so much fun. A good cool experience to have. Yep, it really definitely was. It was a great group of people. Well, thank you for speaking with me today. Yeah, awesome. Well, hopefully, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to talk to you. Good job doing this show for your, uh, for your audience. So much to Mr. Brian Baugh, Rose Reed, and Jedediah Goodacre for speaking with me today. Finding You releases May 14th, 2021 in theaters. I'm Carly with Kids First. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our latest reviews or interviews. Let's take a break. I'm Tian from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Genius Generation. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www. 
kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana from Delaware, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Carlos interview with Rose Reed, Jenna Byron-Bodaker, and Brian Ball from Finding You. Right now, we're going to talk to Ishan about RKRK. How are you today? Good, how are you, Tiana? Doing great, super excited. So, tell us a little bit about RKRK. Alright, so RKRK is from the awesome country of India. It's a film that follows filmmaker RK, played by Rajat Kapoor. He's in the process of directing and starring in his own film. It's a callback to the 1960s Bollywood scene. They have uh, some really fun uh, Easter eggs thrown in there, some sepia-toned scenes and things like that. And everything seems to be going just fine, but then the editing for the film begins. And um, they find out that the lead character, his name is Mehboob, and he has run out of the film and somehow entered the real world. And he's fleed from the film's killers um, until RK finds him and he brings him home and they have to figure out where he's going to go and all that stuff. So it's a very interesting film. It's like a film within a film within a film concept. Yeah, I was going to say, as you were explaining it, that sounds like such an awesome film. Sounds different. Yeah, it is for sure. So, is this a film you would say you would want to watch again, and what did you like or not like about it? So, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm a Bollywood fan, so for sure I'd watch this again. Um, I would say that it's uh, it's a great film to just sit down and, like, put your mind to it. Honestly, it does take a bit of brain power just to figure out where everything is going. But uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely watch it again, and I would recommend it for everyone. Honestly, the biggest part for me was production quality. It's just such an incredible film. Uh, and you couldn't tell that it's actually it's crowdfunding. Um, so that's that's r- incredible uh, effort to pull off. And I mean, Rajat Kapoor is a major uh, Indian director, so he's directed some pretty large scale projects. And I think he really shows his talent in, um, in in creating this film out of what is essentially a GoFundMe project. You know, it's really great. So, what was it about the storyline that made you want to watch the film? So, well, first of all, I was uh, sent the press release, and the first tagline that they had was Bollywood, so I immediately was uh, was, was going for it. But all um, just looking at, again, the film within a film premise uh, was really interesting to me. It's um, starting to become a more common motif now, but uh, it just seems interesting to me that um, people are trying to delve into the, the complexities of uh, filmmaking, which just is really interesting. Uh, and also uh, the way that they managed to blend old and new uh, in the film. They managed to blend the old um, Bollywood scenes uh, with pretty modern, uh, you know, dialogue and modern uh, takes and things. So it seems really interesting to me. And also as someone who knows Hindi, uh, I knew this is going to be that would be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds like, very interesting, especially how you're talking about how uh, the editing process and how they kind of mix the old with the new. I mean, definitely sounds like a very interesting film to watch, but also like it had a very creative uh, process to it. Yeah. So you got a chance to speak with the director, Rajat Kapoor, and one of the lead actresses in this film, Monica Schuart. How was it, and what did they talk to you about? It was great. Uh, I'm actually um, a big fan of uh, both of them. I've seen uh, a lot of their work, and it was great to speak with them. Um, Rajendra Malika shared a good look behind the scenes. Um, I think that it was especially nice to speak with uh, Rajat because um, just getting a look behind the director's lens, especially for a film that's so deeply focused on filmmaking, but also speaking with Malika because she's a, a Bollywood icon and she's done so many incredible roles. And it was just 
Um, it's very different to see her in um, this role because she tends to go for the large blockbuster type films, and um, she plays the again the lead heroine there too. But it was just interesting to see uh, her as uh, Gulabo in this film as the traditional uh, Indian uh, diva, the Bollywood sixties. <laughs> that was interesting to see. So for my last question, what age recommendation in star rating would you give this film, and where can people find it? Alright, so I would give RKRK 4 out of 5 stars, and I recommend it for ages 15 to 18 plus adults. Uh, and RKRK has premiered already in the US and Canada on May 14th, 2021, in theaters and virtually. Uh, so you can check it out now. Alright, well I would definitely have to check that out. I mean, it sounds very interesting from everything that you've said. Absolutely. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we will be talking with Carly about Finding You and listen to our interview with Rose Reed, Dada Brian Goodacre, and Brian Ball from Finding You. Talk to Ishan about RKRK and listen to his interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Shuart from RKRK. Talk with Dominic about The Dark Hobby and listen to his interview with Robert Winter from The Dark Hobby. And right now we are going to listen to Ishan's interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Shuart from RKRK. Hi there, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm super excited to speak with Rajat Kapoor, the director and titular character of RKRK, and Malika Sharaud, who plays the heroine Gulabo. Rajat Kapoor has starred in such blockbusters as Dil Chata Hai and Peja Fry. He received international attention in Mira Nair's Monsoon Wedding, has directed successful films like Mitya and Mixed Doubles, and has worked on popular TV shows like Rishte and Call My Agent. Malika Sharavat established herself as one of Bollywood's most popular actresses in the 2003 film Khwahish, but she's perhaps best known for her performance in Murder, one of India's biggest box office hits in the year released. Sharavat is also the first Bollywood actress to have met President Obama and is a strong advocate for women's issues, environmental causes, and nutrition. Thank you so much, Malika and Rajat, for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Ishan. Thank sure. you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Rajat, I just want to start with you. And the film is a really interesting concept. So, how did the plot and how did the whole concept come together? Uh, you know, it's always difficult to uh, actually point that moment in time when the idea originates. It, it comes to you. You can't go chasing an idea. Uh, and in fact, uh, this one has had a long journey. I wrote something about seven or eight years back, which was something similar about a guy who loses his reflection in the mirror uh, and then disappears and comes back in the real life and kind of takes over that guy's life. It was a great idea, but the script somehow didn't come together. And then over the drafts, many drafts and uh, over a few years, it metamorphosed into RKRK. So it's not the reflection which is disappearing now. It's uh, one of the characters who runs away. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely think I agree with you that you can't go chasing an idea. It has to come to you, and uh, that's that's a really nice way of putting it. But, you know, uh, what they say uh, in Sufism, for example, and in some other uh, religions also, that uh, the moment of grace comes to you. Again, you can't go chasing it. It will come to you, but you have to be in a state of preparedness to receive it. It's the same with ideas. You have to uh, be ready to receive them when they come to you. Absolutely, yeah. And so, Malika, I have one question for you, which is, what drew you to act in this film? You've had such amazing blockbusters, and you like, like murder and all these things. I'm sure there's a lot of thought that goes behind choosing a role. So what really drew you to the plot of RKRK or any element of it? The director. Even I would like thought, to know that. <laughs> the director, Rajat Kapoor. I've always wanted to wanted to work with him. According to me, he's one of the finest directors in Indian cinema. He's directed one of my favorite films, Aankh Dekhi. So I've always wanted to work with him, but he just never cast me. Never. I don't know why. <laughs> and now when, when they came to me for this role, I was jumping with joy. And he's given me the role of a lifetime. Gulabo is a, such a fantasy character. 
Absolutely, yeah. And actually, I want to touch on that because Gulab is a pretty, pretty important character in the film, and she's a pretty quintessential '50s, '60s Bollywood heroine. So, is Gulab similar to you in any way? Uh, some things, yes, where she's throwing her tantrums and a diva-like behavior is very, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> on the you know, set, so in fact, sorry to interrupt, on. but in fact, Malika is playing two roles. She's playing an actress called Neha, hmm. who's a regular actress from uh, today's time, and Neha is playing Gulabo in the film that RK is making. So she's actually playing two roles, and Gulabo is completely opposed to uh, what Neha is in real life and she's that ethereal beauty that that doesn't exist in the real world you know you can only have that presence on screen so and then malika has cracked both of them very well thank you absolutely i agree with that a lot <laughs> rajat i have another question for you which is how did you balance your responsibilities as director and actor especially in a in a film like this you know i don't as an actor i don't think i have uh, anything that i carry with me in my mind you know uh, but as a director you are looking at a thousand different things uh from lensing to the camera movement to to the organization the chaos within the frame you know uh what is called mise en scene so that that is a huge responsibility acting i really don't think it's a, it's a rocket science you really like i said you rely on instinct then you go with it you know and so malika how is working on rkrk different from the other projects you've worked on like murder or the myth which was an amazing film with jackie chan working uh, in rkrk with rajat kapoor under his direction and the role of a lifetime that he's given me it was a dream for me i was just so happy and also challenging as an actor because like rajat said a gulabo doesn't exist in reality it's all fiction it's a myth it's very ethereal you know so bringing that and making that very real so that was a challenge but i think rajat's happy everyone's happy <laughs> <laughs> before you ask me it's it was an absolute pleasure for me to work with malika uh, i'll tell you this i'd never met her before i uh, we we didn't meet ever before this uh it's not like she was a friend or i knew there is somebody called malika sharavat but for me she is from mars you know very you know funny I mean? that's <laughs> no. to the core <laughs> not at all let me explain myself i mean it's a parallel universe you know and and sometimes uh you don't meet people in well most often you don't meet people in parallel universe so when somebody suggested uh, malika for this role my first instinct was why would you do it you know it's uh, uh because again it's maybe it's a problem but it's true that you have an image a perception of people you know mm-hmm. uh and for me malika was part of mainstream bollywood cinema you know but i sent her the script anyway and then we met and she said she was, she's very excited by the role and i was like really wow that that's great news and malika came with so much passion and uh, such dedication for her work that uh, that we all became her fans <laughs> thank that's you wonderful i'm actually loving the the rapport between you all this is making the interview even more fun <laughs> so malika did the pandemic impact the shooting process in any way we were very careful we were extremely careful while filming so not really everyone was very very responsible no problems most of the shoot was finished before the pandemic actually uh what remained uh, mostly was the post production work and that we could do uh, without much trouble the editing where where mahboob comes out and <laughs> i just yeah, when he want, disappeared I, i just didn't want to get out of those beautiful sarees and the beautiful makeup looking you know Uh, trying you, to emulate sh- actresses of the 50s and 60s you should have been in that get up malika today but i'm in los angeles how do i get it? you know that get up takes 3 hours to get into <laughs> <laughs> that's true. and it's too early in the morning for you 
<laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Malika and Rajit, for chatting with me. Unfortunately, our time is up, but we could continue talking for ages. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. RKRK premieres in the US and Canada on May 14th, 2021 in theaters and virtually. So definitely go check it out. I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First, signing off. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel and turn on notifications by hitting the bell so you don't miss my next interview or those of my amazing Kids First teammates. Let's take a break. I'm Tian from Bella and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Genius Generation. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Tian from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Ishan's interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Shuar from RKRK. Next up, we will be talking with Dominic about The Dark Hobby. So talk to us about The Dark Hobby. Well, The Dark Hobby is a new, powerful documentary film about a hobby that many people aren't fully aware of. The Aquarium Hobbyist. This film takes us on a journey to show us Firsthand, what aquarium fish go through from capture to captivity. The captive industry is incredibly harsh. That sounds like a really great film. Yeah, it is. I bet. So what drew you to watching this film? Well, our family is really into marine activism. We care so much for nature and the oceans. We, we always, like... Go on fa- um, family trips just to clean up beaches and stuff, just to help save nature. We we just really care about it. Yeah, and that's definitely a great thing. I know I'm someone who also likes uh, helping out in those ways to take care of like the marine life or plastic pollution. Now that's really great. So, what are some things that you learned or just really surprised you from the dark hobby? Um. Something that really surprised me from the dark hobby, there's a scene where Robert Whitner, I believe it, it was Robert Whitner, he was scuba diving underwater, catching footage of a guy stealing red tanks wow. in front of him. Then, yeah, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, the the um, the marine um, the marine aquarium hobbyist just started attacking him out of nowhere. Wow, that seems really interesting. Yeah, it was like unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He just all of a sudden just goes up to him and start attacking him. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we will be talking with Carly about finding you. Listen to her interview with Rose Reed, Dilly Dye Goodacre, and Brian Ball from Finding You. We will talk to Ishan about RKRK and listen to his interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Shawar from RKRK. Then we'll talk with Dominic about The Dark Hobby and listen to his interview with Robert Whitner from The Dark Hobby. Right now, we are going to continue talking with Dominic about The Dark Hobby. So what would you say is your favorite part of the film? 
Well, my favorite part of the film. Hmm. I got. I got to actually think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's a very good film if you have to think about it a bit. Oh, um, you know, my favorite part was actually the great cinematography in the film. Like, mm. great underwater shots. Like, the quality was great. And everything. It's just a cinematography. Wow. Yeah, I bet it must have been, like, really great, especially knowing that it's a lot about marine life. I mean, especially probably getting some underwater shots. You spoke with Robert Wintner from The Dark Hobby. What did you enjoy about it, and what did he tell you? Well, it was about with activism with marine life, and I also talked about that these, um, the council... Um, made the law where protecting of the coral reefs, but it, it, I'm thinking that they need constant surveillance of the reefs to make sure that they actually protect the reefs because I don't think it's enough. <laughs> and I also talked about him for his love for the reef. Wow, that sounds really cool. And I know that next up we're going to be listening to your interview, so um, the audience will get to hear a little more of that. So for my last question, what age rate recommendation and star rating would you give this film, and where and when can you find it? I give The Dark Hobby 5 out of 5 stars, and I recommend it for ages 8 to 18. It comes out, The Dark Hobby comes out starting on May 21st, 2021, on a variety of digital platforms. Cool. Well, I will definitely have to check it out. Like I said, I also am someone who loves caring for the marine life. So I'm sure I will definitely enjoy it. And thank you so much for talking with me today. Let's take a break. I'm Tian from Bella, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by The Genius Generation. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana Sellens from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Dominic about the dark hobby, and next up we will listen to Dominic's interview with Robert Wintner from the dark hobby. Hi folks, I'm Dominic DeGavio reporting for Kids First. Today, we have the privilege of having Robert Wintner with us, producer of the dark hobby, a new and incredibly powerful documentary which begins streaming on digital platforms May 21st, 2021. Robert Whitner, also known as Snorkel Bob, is Hawaii's largest reef outfitter and the lead marine activist on the campaign to end the aquarium trade in Hawaii. He's an author and filmmaker with a powerful voice for marine wildlife. R- Welcome, Robert. Aloha, Dominic. <laughs> well, let's get started with our first question. I'm so affected by how humans negatively affect our ecosystems. And I truly appreciate your dedication to reef recovery and the protection of these delicate ecosystems. How did you become involved in marine activism? 
Um, I don't know that it was a conscientious decision. Um, it was just a matter of uh, being aware of the world around us and seeing things that I thought should be improved or, I guess in my case, eliminated. We, we began here in Hawaii, and I'm on, on the island of Maui, also known as Maui no Kaoi. Uh, the literal translation is Maui, none better. We had three issues that I felt were really troublesome and, and plaguing uh, the, the reef systems as, as we know them. The first was gill nets. That's, uh, it's a, a, a net with a mesh that, you know, is like that, and the fish sticks his head in, and the, the nylon line captures him behind the gill plates, and that's how they catch them. And they're really devastating. They're also known as curtains of death. The gill net campaign took about it seemed at the time, it seemed like a long campaign. It took probably two or three years before gill nets were banned in Hawaii. They just, nothing gets past them. They kill everything. Um, the second one was in Hawaii, you know, we're on islands and water tends to flow downhill. And so they had these, uh, these uh, shoreline uh, uh, water systems where they were dumping wastewater into these wells. And um, because the Hawaiian Islands are all volcanic and lava tends to be porous, the wastewater was leaching onto the reefs and killing them vociferously. And um, that was the second campaign that we took on. And I was very pleased and relieved to see that there were a bunch of water specialists in Hawaii who had pretty impressive credentials and were really capable people. Uh, and they, and, and they, they were able to accomplish that. I did not see a compelling reason for me, um, a reef wildlife advocate, to participate in that because it was uh, a crowded field and that's a, that was a good crowd. It was a great dynamic crowd. And we've got the problem fairly resolved at this point. Let's move on to the third and final campaign which was the aquarium campaign. Uh, and, and I thought that it would go pretty quick because it's obvious, we shouldn't do this. This campaign began in 2007, can you do the math? <laughs> That's 14 years when the movie's just coming out. Uh, we've had some remarkable uh, victories in recent years. And I think that the dark hobby is a culmination of all the efforts that we've gone through. And uh, I, I feel really good about it. Uh, just so <coughs> the world can see and know. Many people assume somebody's out there growing the fish that they see in aquariums. We know that's not the case. And, and the movie really highlights this, I think, in, in a real happy way. Well, I truly admire your will. I truly admire your will to make change. Did your love for the reefs and marine life bring you to, the, bring you to Hawaii? Or have you always been a resident of the state? No, um, I think circumstance brought me to Hawaii, and I'm glad you asked. Um, I've just uh, come out. In fact, the release date is uh, in, in three days from now. Uh, my novel, Whirl Away, and it is the true story of how I came to Hawaii. And it was to seek warm weather and fun times on a sailboat. And it was a, a very trying time, and, and it was stressful. And the one thing I can remember, um, it was another fella and I, and we had this wild notion of seeking adventure and finding it in Hawaii. And, uh, and we had, there's an old phrase, I don't know if you've heard it, we had the tiger by the tail. Uh, and if you can imagine having a tiger by the tail, what do you do, hang on or let go? It's a tough choice because if you let go, the tiger's gonna get you. And if you hang on, you're in trouble too. And I, the thing that I, I remembered from that point in my life was that there was one time that I, feel, I felt so blessed, so peaceful, and, and so at one with the loveliness of life, and that was when I was out at Molokini Crater underwater, and all you hear is a sibilance this of, of the ocean and, and, and the beautiful fish with their color and their innocence and their sociability, and, uh, and it stayed with me. And, uh, and, you know, that's what made me care uh, like I do uh, for these societies. Uh, people talk about, um, you know, uh, 
a reef society. It's both above water and below water, and it does include humans and fish, and I'm part of it. Well, I someday hope to visit Hawaii. It looks really beautiful there. It is. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we will be talking with Carly about Finding You. Listen to our interview with Rose Reed, Jedediah Goodacre, and Brian Ball from Finding You. Then we will talk to Ishan about RKRK and listen to his interview with Rajat Kapoor and Malika Short from RKRK. Then we will talk with Dominic about the Dark Hobby and listen to his interview with Robert Wittner from the Dark Hobby. Right now, we'll continue listening to Dominic's interview with Robert Wintner from The Dark Hobby. In viewing this documentary, it's obvious that there are many challenges faced by those attempting to advocate for our marine life. What do you believe is the biggest challenge in making your voice heard? Well, of course, it's the, uh, the opposition, and, and I was amazed when we first began this campaign in the state legislature that there was so much resistance and I think you'll find, I, I hate to bear bad news at your age, because I think that, that people your age, and notice I say people, not kids, I think people your age tend to understand things in a way that's so obvious and clear that as you grow older, you tend to lose that clarity. And the reason you tend to lose it is you have to make a living, you have to support yourself. And that's what drives most things in the world, both good things and bad things, and it's the need for money. And in, in, in the extreme, on the bad side, it's called greed. And that's what is the basis of the opposition to our campaign to end the aquarium trade. It's a $5 billion annual industry worldwide. And they don't want it to end. They want to keep making their money no matter what it costs in terms of reef habitat and reef wildlife species. Well, I can see where that could be challenging. <laughs> Marine life has been a strong part of the Hawaiian culture for a very long time. And it's so important to the people that live there. Are aquarium collectors native to Hawaii, or do they come from other places to exploit this wildlife? Most of them come from other places. There was a run for a few years where it was, it was like, it was, it was gangbusters. It was like a land rush. They were coming in from the mainland because every fish they caught was, uh, you know, three or four dollars for their pocket. They could, and there were no regulations, and the state was in cahoots. The state of Hawaii has a terrible agency known as the Department of Land and Natural Resources. Uh, the chairwoman of that department uh, was formerly uh, the chair of uh, the Nature Conservancy. Please don't get me started right here. Not a good outfit. But they were looking at revenue, state revenue. That's what politics is mostly about, is money. Where are you going to get it? How are you going to spend it? And this was huge money in the state. And that was the resistance. And um, that's why they fought us. When you look at the entire industry worldwide, you, you know what a totem pole is? It's something that the Indians had with the different ranking spirits on them. Well, the low, the low totem on the pole of the aquarium industry is the collector. The collector is doing the hard work. Sometimes they dive three times a day. And uh, they've, they've wiped out most of the shallow reefs so they had to go deeper. It's, it's really demanding work. And, um, and that's how they make their money. And they're making more money than they could probably make uh, in other pursuits. But it just won't do. And, and so we fought to protect our reefs. And by the way, in the last couple months, uh, it's over in Hawaii. The aquarium trade was, the, the, the ban was upheld, and it's over for now. We can never stop being diligent and watching what's, what's dear to us in nature. Well, I hope aquarium collectors around the globe face massive fines in the future. I'm sorry? I hope aquarium collectors all over the globe face massive fines in the future. Well, that, that'll help. And, you know, uh, this campaign that we've been waging in Hawaii, I think of it as the supply side because this is where the fish come from. It's Hawaii, the Philippines, and Indonesia mostly, but it's also Fiji and Kenya and all those places. The dark hobby is really meant to wake people up across our nation and in Europe and in Asia uh, and all around the world uh, to, the, to the difficulty of, of 
of what their hobby is doing. A lot of people assume these fish are grown. They're not. This is wildlife. And I always like to say, uh, life in the wild is best for wildlife and for us too. The dark hobby sends a very critical message. It's taken years to establish laws to protect marine life in Hawaii. But are these laws enough? Do we need constant surveillance of our reefs or better education about why exploitation is wrong? Well, I think the word exploitation uh, is pretty self-explanatory. If you look it up, uh, there's another word that goes hand in glove with exploitation. It's the word sustainable. If you think about sustainable, it's real popular now, and usually the most, it's mostly used by people who want to take something that they shouldn't take. And the definition I have found most accurate for sustainable is an acceptable level of destruction. If nature is geared up naturally to have abundance in different wild species, that's natural. Sustainable means you want something less or you're willing to accept something less. It's an acceptable level of destruction. So I don't like sustainable and, and I don't like exploitation. Uh, you know, people need to, there's, we're pushing 9 billion people in the world and, and we're not the only species with a God. I saw an interesting post uh, the other day saying that it was talking about altruism in animals, in wild animals, why, why uh, a, a cat will adopt a baby possum. Why would that happen? It's because, I, I cut to the chase here, it's because humans are not the only species with a, with a guiding spirit. Uh, and I, I think it's time to recognize other species, species and, and, and re respect their rights to life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness, pardon me. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Thank you so much, Robert Whitner, for talking with us today. The Dark Hobby begins streaming on May 21st, 2021 on digital platforms. This is a must-see. It takes a village to make change. I'm Dominic DeGravio, putting frickets first. Remember to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our latest reviews or interviews. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Comedy Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by the Genius Generation. Again, I'm Tina Savage from Delaware reporting for Kiss First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week. <laughs>